about some increasing of our faith. We're going to exercise it today, but before that, we're going to get a little weird first. So uh, I wanted to be able to shout out some people that have commented on our YouTube videos, Instagram, Facebook, all that kind of stuff. And uh, Janie Carrico was the first person, I think, to watch the last episode of Weird Faith. I think she's our most devoted fan, but yeah. I'm guessing she waits for it to drop at 7 a.m. and she's immediately <laughs> she like, was right or there she's in the it. room here with us right now. <laughs> and she just hears it all. <laughs> but she said, uh, Paul says it well. We talked about comparison last time. And he, she said, Paul says it well. I've learned to be content with whatever I have. And that's found in Philippians 4.11. Uh, she also told us that there was a song in the 60s called The Hurdy Gurdy, and that was sung by a man named the Don, uh, Donovan. So uh, Google that, check that out, and uh, jam out. Yeah, I'm sure it's great. We'll have Scott sing that one next time. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Tremblay said, Great podcast, fellow, the wife and the kids. Nope, that's not what he said. Let me read it. <laughs> His kids are real small. Like, Colson's so. like a yeah. year old. Yeah. He's a big fan. He's into it. He's yeah. into it. We have actually got a few. Uh, Tori texted me this today and said that one of the five-year-old kids that she babysits wanted to watch our The Weird Faith podcast. So. Oh, I meant to tell you the other day, uh, Ryan Rutt and his family have been watching. Shout out to Sarah, too. Yeah, yeah. leave you out there. Yeah, but he said that uh, at bedtime, the two youngest ones are going to sleep, and then the two older ones are allowed to stay up and listen to Weird Faith Ooh. with their parents. It's like, man, we're like a, yeah. it's like a privilege We thing. need to do like, one where it's just children's stories, and we'll be like go. us reading their kids' yeah. children's stories. Yeah. Fletcher, go back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> You're not supposed to be listening right now. Uh, but Josh Tremblay said this, actually, great podcast, fellas. The wife and I were just talking this weekend about comparison being the thief of joy. And he loved the Augustine quote. Ryan Sigmund, uh, one of our most frequent weirdos, commenting Ryan. on everything and uh, said that Phil was the winner of the 32nd <laughs> sermons, although Scott got stronger at the end. And I agree with that. Once he understood what well, josh and i kind of had a head start with that since we did you know, like, it was your all's idea yeah, you a long used time to do ago, it. yeah so. something mm-hmm. phil introduced to me when i was a teenager so right i wasn't prepared yep uh he also made some boy band uh photoshops of if you didn't see that on the instagram account you go check that out uh jessica wagner followed up with that and said that we need more backstreet boys on sunday morning during worship i'm not sure that'll happen be heretical uh but uh, she down. was excited about that. Uh, and she also said that we need to start our own boy band called the Baptist Boys. Uh, I'm, that would be an interesting. Uh, Ooh, we could stop going to church altogether and be the backslid boys. The backslid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lisa said, I think all three of you need to do some karaoke at some church functions sometime soon. Uh, we'll see. Maybe we can make that happen. Uh, and then Samantha Audia Love the message behind the last episode, and she actually gave us our topic for today, which I'm the host today, and our topic is on competition. I don't know about you, but sometimes it can get competitive, and uh, sometimes at family functions, whether you're playing a card game or trivia or something like that, uh, 
we can get a little bit competitive. So we're going to talk about that today. But before we go on, Scott has something to talk about. Yeah, here. So with the idea of being competitive, one thing that we are actually very competitive about is who wins the weird award each week. And yeah. I finally am in the club. I yeah. thought I would go this entire podcast without <laughs> ever winning. Not as weird uh, as you are. <laughs> the problem is we didn't get very much social media traction this last yeah, we this got last week. We got a lot of comments, but no one ever voted for us. And now, yeah, we didn't put anything out there to say, hey, who won? So maybe it's on our, us too, sure. but it's mostly on you all for not voting for us. <laughs> it's also, your fault. We're perfect. I do want to shout out. Did you not just send us a, a screenshot of somebody else commenting on one of our recent episodes? Yeah. Was it Emily? Yes, Emily uh, Denine. Yeah, on the space the, episode. Right, yeah, yeah, she said it was like her favorite one yet or something right. like Which that. Which just so happens to be one of the ones that Scott did. Yeah, I so. mean, that's true. I don't know. <laughs> and I also do want to shout out our one of our fans who lives in Parkersburg, Tony Postaway. He actually drove through Clarksburg the other day and wanted to stop by and say hi. So shout out to Tony for being our furthest away fan who's willing to drive to us. So you all aren't willing to get on social media just to get to our vote. autographs. Yeah, he came all this way for an autograph <laughs> and a picture and a selfie. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> But yeah, so we're going to do some uh, fun facts today about uh, some sports stuff. And uh, yeah. yeah, before we go on, though, since it's competition, I wanted to put these guys to the test and to More see karaoke. how. Yeah, <laughs> let's get to vote uh, on who's the best. No, uh, we're going to do a quick little game here. So I'm going to put 20 seconds on my clock down here. And Scott is going to tell us as many baseball teams, MLB teams that he can think of in 20 seconds and then we'll give josh a topic after that so ready go cardinals cubs white Sox, reds brewers why am i counting pirates uh <laughs> yankees red Sox, blah mets phillies nationals braves marlins rays rangers astros dodgers angels padres mariners giants uh rockies okay. royals how many did he get? <laughs> you didn't count, did you? You were counting. Yeah, he started, I started off and oh, he started and I was watching it. Today. You mean name all the ones I named? We'll yeah. say he yeah. got eight. <laughs> I said Cardinal. I did all the NL Central. That's five. Uh huh. You threw Plus in the, an I, AL Central. I threw out the, the White Sox. I was like, uh-huh. where did the White Sox? I threw my softball. So six. Yeah. I said the Mets, the Yankees, uh, Red Sox. That's nine. Then I went down. Phillies ten. Marlins eleven. Braves twelve, and then Dude, I got a great then memory. I said the Rays thirteen. <laughs> Doing these in swung order. over to the Astros fourteen, Rangers fifteen, Dodgers, Angels, Padres, Giants nineteen, then Rockies man. and Royals twenty one. Wow, man, that's Mariners, crazy. I know you were going fast. I couldn't keep up. I can't even tell you who I left out. Yeah, it was definitely <laughs> one a second at the very Tigers. best. So. Uh, the, the, uh, so I won't rely. <laughs> you were actually counting, and I was I like, was. Oh, I was just watching. It literally you threw just me off just by doing it. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> All right, I'll do better this <laughs> time. Right. We can just <laughs> leave my part out. But we also need to point out the best team is right there, right back here, right back there. <laughs> <laughs> got my Braves. Notice we have no Philly yeah, stuff in here. So I've kind of got that. I got to get something in here where we, it's like sitting over my head. It kind of yeah. looks like I'm wearing it on the camera. Look, check it out. There you go. Yeah. All right, we will let. Josh, go on your mark. Wait, so you're doing uh, football teams. I'm NFL doing football NFL teams. teams. All right, here we go. Ready? I'll count. Good. Falcons, Saints, Panthers, Buccaneers, Giants, Eagles, Cowboys, Commanders, Lions, Red, uh, Lions, Vikings, Packers. Who am I missing in there? All right, I'm going to move on. Rams, Seahawks, 49ers, Cardinals, Chiefs, Raiders, Broncos, Chargers. 
Come over here. We've got Jets. Oh. Dolphins. Oh. 21. Uh, 21. No uh, what what uh, <laughs> NFC North team did I blank on? There's the Packers, the Vikings. The uh, Lions and the uh, Bears. I missed the Bears. Yeah, I, I was I, trying to go by division, and that one I got so stuck so on. That's one how there. I started. And I threw White Talks, and I'm like, "Well, that's out the window. Let's just move on from yeah, that." Yeah, <laughs> NFC South, East, North, West, and then tried to go to the so AFC. So you both got 29. I mean, 21 again. I got 22. You got oh, we got 22. 22. All right, yeah. so give it up for Scott. Great job, Scott. That's awesome. I'm so proud of you, bud. I'm proud of you. Scott won. He gets to take a little rest. Josh, you give us some weird facts for today. Yeah, I was excited with the opportunity to come up with some weird facts for sports. I, I love weird statistics and things that are, you know, coincidences. And I also love like family rivalries and and seeing families that are good at sports, like generationally, like things like that. So uh, I found one that uh, kind of a father son thing here. Uh, if you're a baseball fan and you have been for a while, you would be familiar with Cecil Fielder and Prince Fielder both played baseball, both had very different paths into the major leagues. Uh, I actually read that Cecil Fielder played a year in Japan after he didn't get get much hype in America and he hit like 38 home runs and then came to America to play major league baseball and was amazing. But uh, I found this fact about Prince and Cecil Fielder. So both of them, father and son, finished their career with 319 home Mm. runs on the dot. Wow. wow. But it gets even more specific when you categorize them by the inning. So, or by the situation. Both Prince and Cecil Fielder had 97 two-out home runs. Okay? Both had 49 fourth-inning home runs. Both had 29 fifth-inning home runs. And both had 18 ninth-inning home runs in the clutch time. That's crazy. That's amazing. Totally identical yeah. in all of those situations. Prince and Cecil Fielder. I like to think that Prince just like didn't want to outdo his dad, so he was like, <laughs> he did retire early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He hit it. Uh, I loved watching Prince Fielder. He, oh, was, yeah, he was so much fun to watch. So nuts. Yeah, trying to trying to be kind to his dad there. <laughs> but there's a lot of like father son duos that have similar stuff, like the Griffies, the mm-hmm. Guerreros, now the Biggios. All of them also have similar swings. Yeah. Uh, my dad actually sent me this the other day, so shout out Rich McClure. Uh, so you remember Moises Salou that played for the Cubs? Mm-hmm. And I think the Giants also. I I always forget there was his dad was one of three brothers wow. that played the Alou brothers. It was Jesus, Maddie, and Felipe Alou. And at one point in 1963, they all played together in San Francisco, and that was the outfield. That's crazy. With all three Alous. And crazy. actually, so he cool. sent me that because I think this was on uh, yeah last Saturday. Jesus actually passed away, uh, but so all three of them uh, played together. So that's kind of wild. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, mine is about. Uh, um, umpires, you know, love them or hate them, the boys in blue, right? So one thing I thought was interesting about umpires, when they first were introduced, they used to sit on padded rocking chairs until 1859. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so can you imagine that like, you see like your favorite catcher right behind us, this guy sitting in a padded rocking chair. <laughs> That's awesome. But another weird thing about them, they are, I'm not sure if this is still legitimate or not, but I found that they were required to wear black underwear. Wow. Because wow. of the constant like position that they put themselves in, I guess if they were to rip their pants, yeah, right, it would be less shocking. You know, it would be a little <laughs> yeah. weird if the guy is calling the game behind home plate and he rips his pants. And there's like polka dot underwear. Right, I guess. Right, Believe yeah. it or not, we have an underwear dress code here at Clarksburg Baptist <laughs> Church. <laughs> For Only polka dot. That's something you self-impose on yourself. <laughs> Doesn't have anything I, I to do with us. Swore in the job description. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so what do you got? You got more? Yeah. So I've got another uh, baseball fact going to an Atlanta Brave legend here. Uh, Warren Spann. Okay. 
He had a super long career, Hall of Fame pitcher. Uh, so check these numbers out. Okay, well, first we're going to look at his pitching stats, which obviously more notable for him. Uh, most pitchers are not great hitters, mm. but we are also going to look at his batting stats, and you'll see some pretty crazy similarities here. So in his career, he had 363 wins. That's a lot of wins. Mm. 356 of those with the Braves, four with the Mets, and three with the Giants. Now, batting on the other side of the plate in his entire career had 363 hits. Same amount as the wins. 356 with the Braves. Wow. Same amount of says Braves mm. wins. Four with the Mets, three with the Giants. Wow. So his batting and pitching stats totally mirrored as identical. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty That's insane, crazy. right? Yeah. I, I love these little weird coincidences. Baseball is stats. such a game of numbers. It's so easy to... It is. Find and those things. I feel like if you watch baseball like all the time, it feels like every night during the baseball season, some kind of crazy random thing happens. Baseball is just so romantic, too. Yeah. I was telling Scott about uh, Tim Kirkigan was at a game last year. I was watching with Mike Koreski, and he said, you know what? The one thing I want to happen in this game is Joey Votto of the Cincinnati Reds. He's never once in his entire career flied out to the pitcher. And his first at bat, he got up there and flied out to the pitcher. <laughs> That's, you know, not a huge deal, but it's a stat that he was watching. And he's like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah, I called it. Absolutely. Well, it's also weird that we don't always recognize greatness that's right in front of us. Like, mm -hmm. yes, like football, we've realized, you know, our life has been the Mannings and the Bradys, like mm -hmm. all the greatness that, that comes with that. But also, like, some things just go unnoticed. I saw the other day, like Tony Gwynn, mm -hmm. one of the greatest players ever played baseball, undervalued underrated no one realizes how amazing of a hitter he was maybe the greatest hitter one ever. of the greatest hitters of all time someone said that there was a stat where a guy struck out like 200 times last year alone mm. that over his entire career he never struck out that much that's crazy that's incredible yeah. like how amazing that's that crazy. is and another kind of similar, uh, similar thing so a normal thing now we just witnessed pool holes hit what 703 i think yeah and then like Something aaron like judge you know, broke the AL record. Yeah, possibly the, you know, asterisk next to a record. <laughs> yeah, uh, right, who knows? Right. The bidding wars over that ball. Now, imagine like you're getting offered like millions of dollars for this. Right. Here's a crazy story. Babe Ruth, his 700th home run, he paid the fan who caught it. How much do you think for that ball? Let's see. That would have been, I don't know. I'm 1920s. Say, uh, 20 bucks. 20 bucks. Oh, no way. Yeah. 20 I did bucks. Not know that. So I, I came, I was trying to find it. You uh, owe I couldn't me $20. Find, I, do. <laughs> I couldn't find it. But think about that. Like, we're offering millions of dollars now. Like, I can't remember yeah. what Judge settled on. I don't even know if Judge ever actually got it. He may have sold it to the Hall of Fame, mm. but 20 bucks. Yeah. It's a different time back then. So, still, different cultures. Yeah. Yeah. So, I just saw in the, in the dugout, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would talk to a few guys about going if. If Albert was at right. 699, go into Don't uh, bring it up. to PNC Park. <laughs> I had two opportunities to, and I missed it. Yeah, but I was like, I'm still I, better. I was trying to imagine if I was in the general area where right, that ball yeah. was landing, how many people I would have crawled right, over. Yeah. And, and, but, I would have fought them all. Uh, I just saw that in the World Baseball Classic right now, Shohei Otani, Japanese baseball legend, one of the greatest players in the game right now, two-way legend. I mean, amazing. He hit a home run ball and a fan caught it and they took turns passing it around, taking pictures with it, and then just gave it back to the person who caught it. Wow. Yeah. So like crazy. instead, like yeah. it's kind of a cultural That's like, wild. like here watching MLB in America, it's like, no, I just see that some ball. 50 year old man and they're trampling just like, a 
baby to get yeah. to it. Like, you see it all the time, like pushing kids yeah. down flights of stairs and stuff uh-huh. to just get a foul ball. So which one right? would you be? I would probably be the the kid that was getting pushed. <laughs> <laughs> one one last thing, because I thought this was absolutely fascinating. So not baseball related, so Olympic related. I think another thing we don't realize how long the Olympics have been around. Mm. Right. So the first Olympic race took place in 776 BC. Oh, wow. So 776 BC in the very first ever race was won by a chef <laughs> named Karubis. Dude, let him cook. Moments after receiving his cook. first paycheck, he hired a cook and an agent to represent him. Isn't that wild? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So if you're a chef, you can do big things. Yeah, Try for the Olympics. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Not in the kitchen, but <laughs> go do something else big. <laughs> so we'll be talking about competition. And uh, competition can be a great thing. It can be fun when you're... Uh, you know, have a little rivalry. Uh, and even when you're, you know, crushing your niece in connect four or something like that, uh, all that can be fun. Um, and it's good to try at everything that we do. The Bible tells us that whatever we put our hand to, that we should try our hardest to the glory of God. Uh, it's good to work and all those type of things, but sometimes it can go too far, especially when it moves out of the realm of games and into the realm of life. So something that happened a few weeks ago that was pretty hard for me was the Eagles. I'm from, you know, right outside of Philadelphia, 30 minutes or so. And uh, the Eagles were in the Super Bowl after, you know, the, the Philadelphia MLS team lost in the championship. The Phillies lost in the World Series. And now the Eagles lost in the Super Bowl. And so- it was... Most likely the 76ers are going to lose. Yeah. yeah. But if they the make finals. it there, I'll be, I'll be psyched. It, but I'll be psyched if they make it there. Two. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I've waiting on a prediction. I was going to say the Suns, but KD might be out now. I don't yeah, know. right. Yeah. But uh, so that was tough. And I'm glad I'm not talking about it. I haven't talked about it uh, for a few weeks. Uh, He's been really, walking around pretty much depressed. Yeah. I haven't really listened to the, any sports radio, kind of letting it simmer for a while. Finally, now with free agency picking back up, it's easy to kind of think about the next uh, season, but it's pretty rough. And uh, one cool story, though, that came out of this Super Bowl where the Chiefs won 38-35. to It was uh, Eagles up 10 points at halftime, so it was a hard game for me. But there was a cool part, which was uh, the Kelsey brothers. Yep. Uh, you have so cool. uh, Travis Kelsey, who plays for the Chiefs, tight end, probably Hall of Famer, uh, has Super Bowl uh, previously, before this one he just uh, one, but then also Jason Kelsey, who's a center, uh, also probably a Hall of Famer, just today, I think, signed or, or just said he's going to play another year, which I'm excited about. Um, most of the time, I don't, I don't know that I can name another center in football, uh, but Jason Kelsey is is one of the my favorite Eagles ever. He's just a, such a leader. Uh, awesome but guy. they both met each other in the Super Bowl. The first time is that I think the first time I ever met. That, yeah, they never met. They didn't even know they had brothers. Long it was weird. lost at birth. Uh, same name. Yeah, but uh, I don't. It, uh, there's other brothers that have played on the same team in the Super Bowl, and coaches that have coached. I think that were related. Yeah, yeah, the Harbaugh's. Yeah. Uh, not Brett and Carly, but the other Harbaugh's. The other lesser known Harbaugh's. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, Danny and Reed. <laughs> but uh, they. Uh, or brothers that started against each other in the Super Bowl, and you know, one's on defense, one's on offense, so they played against each other. Uh, so uh, it's a pretty cool experience for Ed and Donna Kelsey, who are uh, their parents. Um, be an amazing thing. They talked a lot about her driving them to practices and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but before the NFL, 
these brothers were not very heavily recruited. Uh, they both ended up pe- playing for the uh, Cincinnati Bearcats. And at one point, Travis even violated the team rules with some substance abuse stuff, uh, failed a drug test, and lost his scholarship. And it looked like his career was probably going to be over before it ever even really started. But his brother, Jason, went to bat for him, talked to coaches, and said, hey, look, he can live with me. Uh, he ended up paying the rent for it and feeding him, all those different types of things, and talked the coaches into letting him sit out a year and then come back a year later. Uh, and even today, Travis... Uh, for the chief says, if it wasn't for Jason, I would have not ever made it to the NFL yeah. because his brother put uh, himself on the line and his, you know, all his position on this team to be able to get his brother back in line and to keep an eye on him and keep him on the straight and narrow. Uh, Travis has said, you know, that it's all all up to him. But when Jason lost, says one of these brothers was going to lose. And it's such yeah. an amazing thing to think about uh, for uh set of parents to know that you're going where one of your sons is going to reach the pinnacle of his career, everything that he's worked for, everything that you helped work uh, for, for them. And one of them is going to fail right there on the doorstep. So these two brothers met at the middle of the field and Jason hugged him on the neck and uh, they cried together. But later Jason said that uh, he wasn't crying because uh, he lost, but rather he was just so proud of his brother mm. and, uh, and that he wanted, um, you know, him to experience this. And there was tears of joys, uh, of joy. And, uh, you had a quote, I think about that too. Uh, go ahead. Uh, about that situation yeah, with yeah, them. Yeah. yeah. Just, uh, and Phil and I were listening to, they have a podcast. It's mm. kind of a lesser than weird faith right. type yeah, podcast, right. but no, it's, it's really cool. But they, they just talked about what that moment was like. And, and, you know, Jason could have made it all about, right. you know, self-pity and, hey, you, well, you kind of owe me your condolences and yeah. your time right now. But Remember when, they, when I, you know. Yeah, <laughs> when when they met in the middle mm-hmm. of the field, you know, they hugged. I love you. But, hey, I don't want you to spend your time worrying about me. You go be with your teammates. Yeah. You go celebrate. Do not miss a moment of this success and this win and this energy that your team is feeling together. Yeah. yeah. So it's. It's kind of a funny coincidence that Philadelphia is known as the city of brotherly love. We got to see that on full display yeah. uh, in the Super Bowl. And uh, it's kind of an <clears throat> uncommon thing today. We mostly hear when you think about love, you think about romantic love. And uh, you don't really often see this brotherly type of love that puts others first. But that's what the first church was founded on, was these people that would put others' needs before their own Um but we're today in our culture told that to, we need to get all that we can on this earth and trample on whoever we need to in order to get to the top. Um, and here we get to see these two brothers cheering each other on, mm-hmm. knowing that if that brother gets what he wants, then I don't get what I want. I'm going to lose out on that thing. And last episode, we talked about comparison and how comparison steals our joy and it can make us get a jolt of satisfaction when we see others fail. Uh, But brotherly love is the opposite of this, where we put those needs of someone else and their accomplishment before our own as we cheer them on uh, to to accomplish something that God has for them. Uh, Hebrews 13.1 says to let brotherly love continue. And that's what the the church should be founded on. And uh, I'm not sure we always accomplish that, where we 
cheer other people on when they get their way. I'm sure we've all been a part of church experiences where uh, two set of people butt heads about something that doesn't really matter at all. And you end up seeing a fractured relationship rather than one person laying down their opinions and their what they, you know, what they think is best in order to see someone else get what they want. And that's the kind of love that is disarming. And that's the kind of love that brings unity where there is division. And uh, that's the kind of love that we need in our world today that would stand out from the world and its love of transaction where I'll give you what you want if you give me what I want. Uh, pushing through those awkward situations where two people's opinions are, uh, you know, and, and wants and needs are on the opposite side. Uh, we can see some amazing displays of love like we got to see uh, between those two brothers. Jason was happy for Travis because he truly loved him yeah. and because Uh, He wanted to see him succeed. And the Bible says that we are in a race, you know, in this life and that life is like an endurance race, but we're not racing against each other. We are racing against what, you know, our our flesh, what it would do. Uh, You've ever, you know, Mario Kart, you guys play that growing up where there'd be those time travel trials, right? And so you would race one. And then the next time your little ghost figure yeah, would oh yeah. <laughs> race around. And uh, that is kind of like us and our flesh, like who we are in Christ and who we b- would be without Christ. That's mm-hmm. who we're racing against here in this yeah. life is uh, ourself. And to be, uh, you know, the person God wants us to be better than we were yesterday. Uh, so because of that, we can uh, cheer on our brothers and sisters in Christ and we can be excited when Josh gets an opportunity to, you know, do something and or a, a pastor across town gets an opportunity or someone at your work gets a promotion. You can cheer those people on and be a part of their success by being their cheerleader. And it's going to make you much more happy than that comparison that we talked about. One of the hardest verses in the Bible for me is Philippians 2, 3, where it says to do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. And that's one of the most amazing displays of love is when someone lays down uh, their thing and say, hey, I know that you are a person that is loved by God. And in this scenario, I'm going to uh, respect what you want and I'm going to lay down my needs in this in this time. Now, we're not talking about allowing yourself to be trampled all over and to be walked in over and used uh, in a way that's you know negative. If I let Scott take advantage of me, that's not good for him either. But there are times where we can lay down our lives just like Christ did, and he is the ultimate picture of this. Because um, real brotherly love is the, the life of an encourager and someone that works for the happiness of those around them um, when they accomplish things too. Yeah. yeah. I, I actually got to saw this the other day and it's, it's a beautiful and freeing and liberating feeling to be able to be like, Oh, I can cheer other people on and want best for them regardless what happens for me. Uh, I was bowling with some, uh, <laughs> some of my students last week and there's these twins and one of them is super, super competitive. And the other one just wants to show up and have a good time. Mm-hmm. But the competitive one, like, no, you need to be competitive with me. 
Anyway, she had bowled a couple of strikes and then her brother finally got one. We're all cheering and she got in his face and said, yeah, that's cool. But guess what? I've done that twice already. So I'm better than you. And I got, I kind of pulled her to the side and said, Hey, we can celebrate your success and his success. And it doesn't have to be a competition. And you can tell she was like, yeah, like she kind of understood like it, but well, you know, like Phil said a second ago, and, and that's, that's our culture now is, you know, Hey, do whatever it takes for you to get ahead Mm -hmm. for you to get on top. It doesn't matter who you trample over to get there. So if we take our, cues from the culture we're gonna be living for selves with selfish ambition and uh but if we take our cues from christ mm-hmm. who you know modeled servant leadership and hey to be great you need to serve other people you need yeah. to use your life leverage your life for the benefit of others to put other people in a place of success uh, where they can thrive so yeah. I, I love uh, a quote i think i've got it on my whiteboard in there i think it's john maxwell that the, the ultimate goal of leadership isn't to see how far you can advance yourself. Right. It's all about how far you can advance others and help yep. others to maximize their potential and their giftings and uh, to be in a place of success. Uh, you see that in the workplace and in churches, even where leaders will try and keep the people under them down mm. in order to control them and keep them around. Uh, but as leaders that are God pleasing leaders, our goal is to equip people to be the best that they can be. And sometimes that mean, you know, might means in a few years, one of these guys leaves and goes, goes and does something amazing for God. I ought to be investing so that I can celebrate that success. And we ought to do that in church, in our families. Uh, and that's ultimately what a parent is, is someone that is equipping someone to leave. And that's, that's what leaders <clears throat> ought to be. Uh, I just, I saw uh, this illustration of that in a book I was reading this week that, Uh, They were talking about, you know, to push somebody else down. So if I'm Mm -hmm. pushing on Phil here and he's getting lower and lower, I eventually am going to get lower and lower too with Mm -hmm. him. So like if you're a leader who's constantly putting other people down, ultimately you're bringing yourself down too, because you're not allowing other people to thrive. If you're at the top of an organization or, you know, you're managing people to put all that effort, effort in to push them down brings everything down. And you're, you're not being the leader that God's called you to be in that situation. Well, it's like the imagery is like someone drowning in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're pushing the other person down to survive, but dude, you're still going to drown too. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. one of you is just going to die a little faster, uh, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to shout out Ed Rogers. Hey, uh, check out his podcast too. Yeah. We love it. It's you, Ed. good. It ain't weird faith. You know, it. Too, his Ed. beard is the most impressive. It's yes. beard faith. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Ed and Bill, good job, guys. Uh, but uh, Ed is actually the first pastor who hired me. And uh, I believe this was you. If this wasn't you, just start taking credit for it before like someone like Carrie Newoff takes credit for it. I don't know. Uh, but you, I think, said something to me um, when early on in ministry was that sometimes when you are the senior pastor, you are the leader of the company, you're bringing people in, as you're talking about, to build them up. But you're not bringing them in to retire, like the land the plane on the runway. Right. You're building them up to launch off on the launching pad. And so eventually there comes points where you're going to see these people launch off into greater things. And yeah, there's going to be a sad moment of it, but it's another thing to celebrate. Look what God's doing in someone's life. They've been preparing Mm -hmm. them and equipping them for this great and mighty work. So we celebrate as they launch out into ministry. So Ed, thank you for that. Um, But also I want to talk about like, you know, all three of us have been in youth ministry. We've all been on church teams and we've all almost fulfilled every single role in some capacity so there's an easy chance to be competitive with one another. Sure. Right. right. And so mm-hmm. I told Josh whenever I first got here, 
hey, I will always be your biggest cheerleader. Mm -hmm. I've done youth ministry. I've had the success. I've had the failure, sometimes more than the success. And I would love to share that, but I will only do so in a way that supports and honors what he's doing and to build him up and equip him because I feel like our church thrives if he's thriving. Yeah. Our church thrives if the student ministry is thriving. And it, will, it will never thrive if all three of us are competing with one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, cause that can tear apart a church quickly. Yeah, I, I appreciated that so much, too, because I had to make a decision in myself, too. Like, okay, well, Scott has spent a lot of years in youth ministry, did some really awesome, successful things. I had to acknowledge that. And same with Phil. I mean, Phil was my youth pastor. I told him different. I said, you're going to do things my way. Or you're <laughs> yeah. get out of here. No, but, but making a decision, Hey, it would be so, so arrogant for me to think that I have nothing to learn from these guys. Right. Uh, right. Like, same like I want to surround myself yeah, with right. people Absolutely. who can make me better and who might, might be better than me at things. That's how we get better. Right. So it was really cool. Like me and Scott having that moment. And I remember him saying like somebody had asked him like, Hey, do you think it's going to be kind of weird going from youth pastor to working with a youth pastor? And he told that person, I'm going to be Josh's biggest fan. And I've felt nothing but love and support from both of these guys as they've cheered me on. And I hope I can always be the best cheerleaders for you two in your corners as well. Well, as far as the church goes, that's my dream to be a part of a church that's ascending church, not just, you know, to support financially people, but there might come a day where, you know, God begins calling people from our church to go and be pastors yeah, and missionaries, to missionaries or, or, you know, do and be in part of organizations. And we might have to say, so, um, say goodbye to, to some of those people. That's youth ministry was like that. Every four years you get a teenager, right? Where, you know, you felt like, man, I can really rely on them. And then they, you know, go off to college somewhere and, and you're still cheering them on, but you feel that little bit of a, a loss. Yeah. But that is how we have faith today is because people continue to build people up and send them. And that can't work if we're going to be competitive with them. And this, this all applies again, and much like every single truth in God's word to the secular workplace, mm. uh, outside of the faith, uh, even with parenting and things like that, if you're constantly living in competition with people, uh, you're not going to be the loving person that God has made you to be. Yeah, yeah for sure. Amen. That's good. Yep. Love it. Good stuff. Hey, guys, we want you to continue to share. To, hey, commit to tell someone about this, uh, uh, you know, throughout the week. Say, hey, you know, this certain, uh, you know, subject is something that we've talked about before. Why don't you check these guys out, especially people that maybe are on the fence about their faith or uh, maybe aren't real comfortable being in a church setting, but they might uh, talk about the faith in a, a little bit more of a casual f- uh, setting like this and and let's include them and uh, you know get them uh, to join the community as well here. Yeah, here's your punishment since you all win the weird <laughs> award because for not vote. voting for us. Your embarrassing punishment is to share us out on your timelines, <laughs> <laughs> onto your social media feed. I know it's going to be embarrassing, but hey, we didn't vote for us. Yeah, so, we, uh, uh, I don't know if there's any of you out there that are like those. I mean, I, I, it cringe to even talk about. It. Are those like? Dr. Pimple Popper watched. I know uh, it's not me. Candace Weddle. Right. Now she's a nurse and maybe that makes, but we probably all have those like weird little things that we watch. Yeah. Josh and I follow this uh, dark side of nature thing where it's just like animals eating each other and it's insane. It's like a serial killer. Yeah. Right. Right. So we all have those little things that we watch. It is a guilty pleasure. And uh, you're a little bit embarrassed about this might just be your thing <laughs> that you're embarrassed about. I'm sure you're and, you're all really confident about. Yeah, sure, right, but. right, right, right. <laughs>
But hey, we want to continue the conversation with you. That's our favorite part of this is the community that we're building of people that are uh, excited to talk, you know, just normal things, but also about our faith as well and, and ask ourselves how we can drive our faith deeper. Yeah. And so I'll be hosting up uh, next time. So as I did last time, I want you all to tell me the topic. <clears throat> if I respond to you, it means I think it's a pretty good idea. If I don't, just take it for what it is. Try again. I'm next just time. kidding. Try again yeah. next time. <laughs> no, but I would love to hear from you all. I'd love to share uh, some stories or some fun things about whatever topic you all come up with. So let me know and we'll have a fun time doing it. Yeah. Shout yeah. out again to Samantha Audio for our yeah, thank you. topic today. So remember, you that's looking at us right now, listening to us in your ear, let's get weird because normal isn't working. We love you, weirdos. We'll see ya. Thank you.